Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Resurrected Winners You Podcast. If you've never been here before, then welcome, welcome. Come on in and make yourself comfortable. We are a sort of video game club podcast, picking a couple of games each month and playing them to completion before reporting back here for a deep dive discussion, talking in tonight about the game in question and discussing how we feel about the game, both through a modern lens as well as having a look at the game in the context of its release window. This week, we have what is probably considered an industry classic and an all-time great. For many, it's a game that is thought of as the game, in quotation marks, that showed them video games were also for adults. That's right, it's the 1998 PS1 anime as hell classic, Metal Gear Solid. But, before we get into it, let's introduce ourselves. Coming to you this week from the wet and windy hills of southern... Of sort, I've got sort of northern Scotland... I'm a bit confused by Scottish geography. We'll come back to that at the end. Uh, <laughs> my name is David, and sitting virtually across from me in sunny Essex, I assume, is no. Mr. Alex Aldridge. No, today, it's not Alex? sunny. It's, as Partridge would say, ah, raining. Ah, raining. Ah. And I <laughs> could not be happier. I'm so, oh, what a horrible weekend that was just gone. Disgusting. You've survived no more heat rage, probably, because that's maybe it now. Mm. I mean, I was still sweating after getting out of the shower this morning, but that's every day, so... Sweaty work, sweaty work, mate, <laughs> keeping yourself clean. Yeah. I feel like now now that I've said it, I've got to explain to people why I'm confused by Scottish geography, yeah. given that I've lived here my entire life. I was going to... Well, that's why I wrote sort of northern Scotland, because really, actually, if you look at Aberdeen in the map, it's kind of middle. Yeah, kind of. But, but the highlands are... They do encompass the Highlands, but they are sort of on the left-hand side of Scotland. Yeah. Um, the central way, belt, right? yeah, the central belt is the bottom of Scotland. Yeah, and so like, we live in the northeast, even though we're in the central. So the descriptors of where we of how you would describe Scotland doesn't make sense when you look at it on a map. <laughs> so I'm not actually an idiot. Well, I am. You've, I've been on enough. I've been on enough podcasts to know that that's that's a blatant lie. But there is there is method to my confused madness. I would still call it the northeast of Scotland as well. So we're all good. We're all good. So you're all good. No more heat. You've cooled down. What have you been up to in the the lies and tribulations of Alex? You've had no no wrestling to go to. No, just been living your life in suburban England. But yeah, pretty much. Uh... Has anything interesting happened to me? <laughs> and if I have to think about it, it shows something about it's my life no. I don't really want to admit. Um, I Well, I've been playing <laughs> over the weekend, which was, as I mentioned, just 
unspeakably hot for no reason whatsoever. Well, other than a very obvious reason. Um, we went to some sort of family barbecue thing and luckily it involved multiple paddling pools and like super soakers. So excellent. And, and some, and some stocks. So I got put in the stocks and had like my niece and nephew oh. throw wet sponges at me and then eventually tip a whole bucket of water over my head. But I didn't mind because <laughs> even though I was soaked through for the rest of the day, I was cool. Um, but I spent a lot of the day playing Game Dev Story for a uh, for a different podcast, and I forgot how addictive that game is. It's incredibly addictive. Yeah, it really is. It is sort of just climbing the tree, though, isn't it? You like you never really tumble back down again once your games start getting. They just always get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You end up with like hundreds of millions, if not if not hundreds, tens of millions, just constantly rolling in. Yeah. So um, let's see if I can. Let's see if I can. I, f- I feel like while you're looking that up, in a way though, that is. I mean, not obviously not completely indicative because we've seen big products fail all over the place. But there was a period in which, and I, I'm sure it's probably still true. You can sort of market a game to success. There was that game. What was that game about? America was it getting invaded by Korea? Um, unified Korea. Front. Yeah, that was one that. Wasn't that good, but it sort of got marketed into success. It got like yeah. marketed to five million copies sold or something like that. Yeah, during the during peak Call of Duty. It turns out, I think that oh my god, that my biggest selling game. Obviously, I made my own console. So for anybody who doesn't know what Game Dev Story is, it's like Game Dev Tycoon, where you run a video games company and you get to hire staff and make games in different genres and eventually build your own console, which I did as well. Um, so it looks as if my best-selling game was one of my most recent ones, which was called NBA Jazam, which was an action basketball game. Nice. Sold 33.9 million units. Wow. Yeah, good going. Pre- beating the previous top seller, which looks as if it was <laughs> my football game, Big Ange Ball 23. Um, <laughs> I, made a, I made a mini skirt trivia game called Pure Filth. That didn't do that well. Uh, no. I made an online arch- online architecture sim called Sex Cauldron. Sex Cauldron? I thought they closed that place down. Which was 16... Yeah, I had some really bad sales here. Uh, I did a music and drums game called Smash Your Mum. That did 20, nice. 23 million. Did you sell an... Was it a Richard Keys edition? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... An, a virtual pet RPG called Dog's Dick that sold 15 million. <laughs> Game of Scones, an online medieval RPG, 21 million. I like that. Yeah, that's a strong name. I had a couple of wrestling games called The Grappolarium. They were like 24 million sellers. That was pretty good. I had a skiing game called Keep Watching the Skis. Good night and keep watching the skis. Ah, uh, skies. <laughs> Uh, and an action RPG hunting game called Cunt Hunt. And that <laughs> sold 22 million. So there's more than that, but um, yeah. I spent a lot of You've my weekend busy. just ignoring everybody just to play that shit. There's worse ways to spend a weekend than playing Game Death Story. Which, uh, you know, you could watch rugby, right? <laughs> yeah. There, there, I was trying to think, I think when we were at uni, that is like probably peak David playing mobile games. and. Game Dev Story is one of the first I can remember, like properly losing some time to. 
There was that one, and then there was the game. It was a bit like Tetris, but squares that just had that really happy theme music. I was a big fan of that, but it's gone now. I can't remember what it's yeah. called, and it's it's just unavailable to buy anywhere. I'm never going to remember what that was called. But no, that it's gone. It's gone forever. Fantastic. That was a brilliant yeah. puzzle game. Yeah. And now it's going to do my head in that we're not going to remember that for the entire podcast. And we'll never we'll never see it again because I remember trying to look for it one day and it's just it's just gone. You can't even re-download it. Yeah, that's that's the worst thing about it. It's like if you've paid mm-hmm. for it and you own it, that's it. There may be a, the bet there's like an old iPhone 3GS or 4 sitting around with a game on there. You know like how Flap when Flappy Bird left the App Store Flappy Bird iPhones were going for big money. Yeah. Or PS3s with uh, that Kojima. Uh, PS5s with um, PT on it. That's the one. Yeah. That's appropriate. Yeah. Appropriate for the game that we're doing today, which is... I did say, didn't I? Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, yeah and I, I like, did. With a, a manic face for those watching on YouTube, I held up my my copy uh, for, the, for the audience. And then, of course, if anybody wants to, if I can get it... St- perfectly zoomed in here probably oh yeah can't. you can do the you can see what meryl's codec number is i wonder if it's the same picture on the both of because i also have the twin snakes which i also played is it the same picture no slightly different but it is the ps it is from the ps1 game that picture i can't imagine well i was going to say i can't imagine many people are coming to this game new but i bet you there are so i bought the pc version on gog.com and it comes with none of that so basically, you've got to sort of Google things, and it still says when you're playing through the game, you'll get her code on the in the was it in the manual or in the back of the bo- on the CD case. That's yes. what they say. And then on the on the Twin Snakes GameCube version, they say the back of the package, which is not helpful oh. in any way whatsoever. No, who's ever referred to a game box as a package? Fucking, I I like that Campbell. more though. I I don't know, mate. I think I like that more because that fits in universe it's like apart from the, the from they're just re- like randomly saying look at the back of the cd case at least the package sounds kind of yeah i mean yeah they obviously led into that though didn't they they love breaking the fourth wall in the game yeah um which is a, a, probably a big reason why it made such a, a big wave but um there's a lack of subtlety for the the fourth wall breaking in in the uh, twin snakes because you know the bit where psycho mantis says like uh Put your controller on the floor, and it and I'll make it. I'll move it with oh, my yeah. mind. I think they cut that out of the PC version. Um, we'll get on. Yeah, to that's the, not in at all to the trials and tribulations you had with that dickhead later on. But on the the Twin Snakes version, when he says, "Put the controller on the floor and leave it completely still," I'm going to move it with my mind. Snake actually looks at the camera and he goes like, Whoop. like nods, like "Go on, do it." And uh, he also looks at the camera when. Um, you're getting tortured by Revolver Ocelot and he says, don't use auto fire because I'll know. So then oh, yeah, again, he, does again, he looks at the camera like, don't do it. Apparently he shoots you in the head if he, if it finds that out. Does he? He just, just, oh, he just does not mess around, just straight goes straight for it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, Sorry, we're going to get to that stuff. Let's, no, no, you're right. You're right enough. Let's go. So let's give it a quick, a quick rundown quickly. Quick rundown quickly? Mm. Anyway, terrible sentences today. Brought to you by David. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid is an action-adventure stealth video game, which we all know, developed and published by Konami for the PlayStation in 1998. 
It was directed, produced and written by industry legend Hideo Kojima and was unveiled at the 1996 Tokyo Game Show and then shown off at different shows over the next couple of years. It showed up at the 1997 E3 and its Japanese was originally planned for late 1997 before being delayed to 1998. Players control the character Solid Snake, a soldier who infiltrates a nuclear weapons facility to neutralise a terrorist threat from a renegade special forces unit named Foxhound, who are planning to launch a nuclear strike on the USA. The story is told mainly through cutscenes and dialogue, with the majority of the gameplay being set around stealth action, interjected with various boss fights and shorter action sequences, which are, I'd say, of variable quality. Alex, (laughs) this seems like a good starting point, is there any? Um, What's your overall thoughts and feelings of the game? Positive, negative, things that jump out that you can remember that you like, things that maybe you didn't like so much. How's it aged? Lots and lots of questions and things to think that's, about. Yeah, that's a that's a whole plate of questions. Well, the primary feeling I had for a lot of it, certainly the original and certainly for the first part of it, was I am fucking dreadful at this game. <laughs> I... I actually wrote in my notes that I don't think I've ever game overed a game more frequently than that. It was basically what ev- was it that was tripping you up? Is is stealth just not your thing? I don't. Yeah, I think it must not be. So it was. It was basically every single scenario I would find a way to balls it up, whether that was doing the stealth, like the very first bit, running running into the middle bit and getting caught by the searchlights, and then trying to run away but pressing the crouch button to try and crouch behind a wall but then as soon as you move he then crawls along the floor and you just get shot oh i did that yeah or trying to strangle somebody but i must have moved the d-pad a little bit and i ended up throwing yeah. them and then they would get up and shoot me and then their mates would come that was one that i consistently had problems with he'd be like trying to go up behind someone and he'd be like pressing well it was x for me or whatever it is for on your controller square on a playstation and you're yeah. He's just like grabbing the air and then you just like flip them over your head out of nowhere and then you're like, well, here comes the alarm. Yeah, yeah. It was so like needlessly precise you had to be in those You have to be absolutely not moving, but they're also moving away from you. So you kind of have to like run and then let go of the direction and hope that you're close enough. Uh, I I would get seen by cameras. I would get seen... In the, the the bit in the nuclear facility where you're not you can't use your guns, I balls it up over and over and over again. I got more savvy as the game went on, and certainly by the time yeah. the GameCube version came around, I, I didn't find it anywhere near as much of a struggle. So for for parity there for those listening, I played the original on the PlayStation, well the PS3 HD version, and then the Twin Snakes version on Dolphin, um, which I will talk about the problems with that later on as well. So if, like, if you got like so when I was watching you play the GameCube version, like it looks significantly better, but it also looks very different. Like the character mm. movement is quite clearly different. I even saw in many it may have just been the parts I was watching you, but the camera angle sits sits at a different angle. Yeah, certainly not as. Um, it just seems a very does it, does it handle as different as it looks? Yeah, it's built in the Metal Gear Solid Two engine. Okay. So oh, of course, yeah. Actually, in hindsight, looks very like a Mega Solid Two. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it was developed by Silicon Knights and published by Konami. So they, I guess, were given license to use the Metal Gear Solid Two engine and just sort of rebuilt the game in that. Um, wow, which is why you can do the first person aiming with your gun 
It's why you can drag people into lockers. It's why you can do rolls, like forward rolls by pressing. He's, he's a lot more agile in that game. Um, so it's definitely a lot easier to play. A lot of people, and again, we'll get into this more later on, but if I, when I was growing up, this was the first Metal Gear game I played. What, the GameCube version? Yeah. Was the first one? Uh, yeah, I think it was. And then I probably played two afterwards on the Xbox. But um, I remember I had two friends who were big, like PlayStation guys, and I told them how much I enjoyed Twin Snakes, and they both just kept calling it like Mickey Mouse Metal Gear, and they absolutely hated it. And I just couldn't <laughs> see why, because this was my first like introduction to the series, and I just thought it was fantastic. And I can see where the criticisms come from now, having played it. It is a lot easier. The tone is slightly different. Are all the is the voice acting just carried across? How, no, how they, they re-recorded everything, which is really weird. And then apparently they didn't really change a lot of the actors and actresses for it, but they did do different voices. So Naomi in right. the original is clearly supposed to sound English. There are those oh, like big difference. I was just thinking like better compression in the GameCube or something. I didn't know. Or worse, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. So it's all re-recorded. So that, yeah, Naomi in the in the PlayStation, she sounds kind of English. Like it's an American person clearly doing an English accent, but that's what yeah. she's supposed to sound like. Even though she's kind of like part Indian and then says she has that kind oh, of skin, but she's pale as anything in the game. So that confused me. In the GameCube version, she's got just got an American accent, as does... Mei Ling, she has a Chinese accent in the first game. Same voice actress, apparently, but in the second game, just full on American because apparently they thought it didn't sound right for her to have that accent. So they just told her to stop doing it. So she just oh. has an American accent. So that is an odd change for the yeah, voice acting. But the tone is changed because Twin Snakes was developed very much in a post-Matrix world. And all the cutscenes are redone, apparently under Kojima's supervision. So why people shit on them so much as if they've ruined the tone of the game, whether they whether that's true or not, it's still Kojima who was in you know who was overseeing all of this. He's ultimately okayed it, but like some of them are utterly utterly ridiculous. For example, when you are fighting the Hind D. In Hind D, the Hind D. In the remake, Liquid Snake fires a rocket from the helicopter at Snake. Snake jumps, kicks off the rocket, backflips, shoots the helicopter in midair with his rocket launcher, while the one he kicked oh off of explodes behind him, and then he walks away from the explosion without looking. Yes, and uh, when he fights Sniper Wolf for the second time. He gets this. He stands up to shoot her. She shoots his sniper rifle out of his hand behind him. Then he has the like the laser pointer on his forehead. He backflips away from the from the laser sight, landing with like his heel or his toe, one of the you know some part of his foot on his sniper rifle, which flips up into the air over his head. He grabs it, does a three sixty no scope, and fucking yes. shoots her. It's so fucking stupid. So I can totally see how there is definitely like a a, a serious tone to the first game. There's you know mm-hmm. it's very 
proud of itself. Whereas the the remake adds a lot of silliness into it and a lot of bravado and Hollywood aspects to it that I can see would upset people who are just wanting this same thing over and over again. Now, I would advise people to not take a video game that seriously, but then again, we've been talking about them Especially on Especially not a Metal Gear game. You know, it's, I've been- it's talking about Enfants Terrible in a terrible French accent every time they say that word. Yeah. And then they're like talking about like nano machines. And if I'm remembering right, because I've just finished this game, part of the reason that they don't have they don't have to worry about the nano machines is because the batteries are going to run out on the on the nano machines. When did they say that? Right at the end. Oh, <laughs> They're talking right. about because okay. essentially they were they were sending they were putting snake in contact with people that are infected with nano machines so that he could come out and then spread the virus. Spread the fox die and kill them just by going near them. Yes. Yeah. Um. And he but is potentially going to die anyway. The batteries are going right. to die, so don't worry about it. But but Naomi just says, well, I'm not going to tell you when it's going to happen and kill you because no one knows when they're going to die. So you're just like everybody else. Go live your life. Yeah. Steak. Go mush those yeah. wolves in the river. Yeah, pretty much. Um, she's, they, seems, they say that she has changed the virus in some way. Yeah. But they don't know how or why. Yeah. Yeah, that's so you don't know either, I guess, at the yeah. end, because she doesn't really give it away. That's true. Yeah, so you're right. You know, it every game subsequently gets more and more ridiculous, and there, I think certainly Metal Gear Two has that sense of goofiness about it that they that they sort of like retconned into this, which pissed a lot of people off. So I, mean, I you can, finish I can see that, by f- you finish Metal Gear One by having a, a shirtless fight with your twin brother on top of a mech now essentially in that in that scene you've just had a fight with a <laughs> with a metal gear robot that roars like a dinosaur that's in both yeah, versions. Roar, yeah. he put it's a, called rex i could just imagine like in you know whenever the whoever it is i can't remember who built this was it the pentagon who built it or whoever it was who built that robot i could just imagine like the site manager standing there and like billy comes in and billy's like the production's done on metal gear boss <laughs> it's done is it yes boss and you made it roar like a dinosaur. Yes, boss. Good. That was the most important part. But also, having done that, you obviously get knocked away by an explosion. He gets knocked out. He's fully clothed. He wakes up and his shirt is off. Now, I can only assume that Liquid decided to remove his shirt for him because he was also shirtless to make the last moments of their lives a little bit more... Skin orientated. I can't understand yep. why he decided to de-shirt him for his last monologue slash fight. Again, it's got a gritty tone, boys. <laughs> a gritty tone. There's also a bit where like they have a massive conversation about the midpoint of the game about how um so oh are you men, because like being a soldier is like it's it's like a sport for us. Yeah. Um and then at the end of the at the end of the game, the uh, snake goes like killing's not a sport or something. Literally, like yeah, violence. They've had not... hours previous, yeah. yeah. And it's just like you, you literally had said that the whole thing was like a sport, and she was like, they were talking about um, was it Sniper Wolf? Mm. And she was like, why would you do that? Is oh, you just don't understand. And then it, oh no, it was um, the ninja. What's he called again? Gray Fox. 
Grey Fox, yeah. Which is another whole thing. So, like, oh, my God. So, this story has just got layer upon layer upon layer. So, there's Foxhound that are the sort of rogue terrorist group. Yeah. And then there's the government, which are also up to stuff. And then there's... So what did you call him? Cyborg Ninja. Grey Fox. <laughs> Grey Fox, yeah, that's the one. He's sort of doing his own thing as well. But he's also... He's just like... He seems to just be like following Snake around looking for a fight. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, he's... Right. Yeah, he wants... <laughs> he apparently wants to fuck up Snake because Snake killed Naomi's parents. Or... But he didn't. But no, because Grey Fox did it. So that's yeah. So that's the reason, yeah, that Grey Fox is looking for you because you killed Naomi's parents. So but then at the end, he's like, "Tell Naomi I killed her parents." Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then Fox doesn't do it. Right, Snake doesn't even do it. He doesn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but to be fair, Grey Fox goes for. out like a real man, crushed by a fucking Metal Gear. Yeah, who who like noses them up against the wall I for love a little that bit. bit. That's that's absolutely savage. <laughs> Just completely slams him into a wall so he can then sort of jaw at him about jackals or something and the It crushes him to a pulp. Yeah. I tell you what, that final, final part of the game where you're on the back of the truck, I hated that. <laughs> so out of place. I just had to basically shoot and then like yeah. wave my gun back yeah. and forth because you couldn't aim that thing there was a bit yeah. is it the second time she like skids to a halt and just like sits there and waits yeah. while like four people shoot at you yeah. i just couldn't get them i lost like so much health in that section just missing them over and over again i i i think i lost health in that section purely because there was a guy in my blind spot i didn't know he was there <laughs> so i'm going down loads of blokes in front of me and then i realized there's a man like on my left just still shooting me like you're gonna get me or what <laughs> sorry yes you're right i can't progress this uh tunnel until you are murdered sir thanks for waiting this game though is absolutely rammed to like the gunnels. Yeah, that's the right word. I rammed to the gunnels of like little bits. So like there's like getting the, the dog to pee on your box so that they don't attack you. By punching Meryl and then hiding by in it. By punching Meryl and hiding in it. <laughs> um but then you also pick up a handkerchief of sniper wolves yeah, at so some you point, don't which essentially does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's the like the armor that you have to put on and off. And now I noticed actually when you put the armor on it, it's visible on the character yeah, model, good, which is quite quite good for nineteen ninety eight. Um, and it, like having to make sure your gas mask equipped and stuff. I do think though that Met, uh, Snake could have figured out how to put a gas mask on and pull a key card out his pocket. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to take the gas mask on and equip the key card. <laughs> There's a lot of things that he does that are odd. There was, there's that, and there's also the box bit as well, which annoyed me. The fact that you had to stand up to put the box on, and if you wanted to crawl under the thing, <laughs> so you have to take the box off, crawl under. So when you go through the other side, the dogs I then see do you, and then you have to put the box on before they come and kill you. The only time I ever used the box was when I was um, sneaking into the room to get my, you know, like when you were inputting the card data that you had to go oh, and like yeah. cool down, heat up, and stuff like that. I used the box so I didn't get pinged by the cameras in there but other than that i didn't use the boxes i didn't use it other than for the dogs i, I really wish i did actually uh, one thing i was going to say though uh twin snakes you don't have to equip the key cards to open doors okay just i, I think that's you. smart that <laughs> yeah, is smart 
just like, it's just good game design to not have to yeah. make you like equip a card to open a door. But yeah, I, I sort of appreciated all that stuff, even if actually in reality it doesn't really make much sense in a lot of what you're doing. And then there's like the areas of the map where you're walking around where there's like just like inexplicable design choices. Because if I'm understanding, if I understood right in my research that um, Foxhound, is it Foxhound? Are they the terrorist group? Yes. What did I call them? Yes. Yeah. They took over a government facility. So this is like not even made by the terrorists, no. this whole area that you're in. So like, when you're walking along in the floral loop <laughs> and, and just like plunge you to your death as you're like running along. <laughs> Running yeah, along. who who installed any of that? <laughs> and it's, yeah, I just I really enjoyed it, and I guess like I, again, I have to remember like, in nineteen ninety eight, it was probably oh my god, this is amazing. But like when you're like listening to soldiers talking or someone's talking, and it's just like oh, we've repaired holes in the walls, but the cement hasn't dried yet, so you can just see the different colours in the wall, and you're like oh, that well, that means I can go through that. Still took me a while to find that bit of wall. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but uh, oh, it's for me, yeah, because it's like right up against the bottom wall. You yeah, can't, a lot of the time you couldn't see. It. I struggled with stuff like that. So, like in the in the cave with all the wolves going about, I couldn't oh, ever yeah. find the hole I was meant to crawl through. Especially as I was looking at it through a box, which, to be fair, you know, it gives you the it actually gives you the vision of Does, through the hole in the box, so that you, you get such a <laughs> tiny little window to look. And at one point as well, like I was trying to find it, I'd gone up to one end and realised it was the wrong way. I turned around, there's like four dogs just. Stood in front of his box just looking at him so i can't see where i'm going could you please dog can you just move uh, i know you love me now because i smell of your piss but can you please just move out of the way uh there's so many like those parts of the game are what make it memorable and then if you add on the top that it had this like type of gameplay that really hadn't been done to that extent mm-hmm. before and we talked about resident evil a couple of episodes ago where the voice acting was like unforgivably shit like yeah. you should have scrapped yeah, point. just talk to any englishman or english-speaking person and ask them if that sounds normal and every one of them will say no the voice acting in this is incredible like still good but for 1998 yeah. it's, it's like unbelievable this is like video game oscar shit from for 98 standards i would say Ridiculous. some of the script writing is Yes. It's hokey. Yes. Um, but this is why like, I'm, I'm confused about why people were so annoyed at the GameCube version being silly. Because mm-hmm. to me, like, it is silly. But then I always assumed it was deliberately so, but maybe not. Maybe in the day this was like the peak of video game seriousness. But like yeah. the way Snake speaks to women and then like You've at the end of the fight. One, what, yeah, and there's a couple of times where someone's Backs, was it was it Sniper Wolves as well had one and every, everybody's just like staring at it every time she comes in it's like mm. Mm. and then there's it, it's do you know what really bugs me though in but movies and stuff do it all the time as well it's when you've just killed he's just killed his twin brother and the whole facility is about to explode and you need to escape and then she's like oh I guess we won't get to have a love scene after all and she, or he said that and then she's like what a shame and then he he goes away and she's like oh you need to put on some clothes because it's cold outside and he goes away and scurries under the under the under wrecks to get it and he comes back and she's like mmm looking good and it's like oh just making my insides crawl up inside <laughs> themselves and then there's the whole Naomi saying about you maybe you can strip search me 
later or something. Was I mean, was that ever serious? I guess were movies like Demolition Man and stuff like that, were they serious ever? I don't know if some of it's down to the localization, maybe. That's, time and that's place. throwing them a bone. Um, yeah, definitely a time and place. You're right. You're absolutely right about the way that he talks to women. It is, it is we It's like wild, the sort of shit that he keeps saying. And like how every single one of them just sort of fawns after him. Like Mei Ling does, Naomi does, Meryl kind of yeah. does. Um, where he says she's not got the eyes of a killer. She's got beautiful eyes yeah. or whatever. They fall in love with each other and like become like soulmates after, I don't know, spending a whole, a grand total of like half an hour together. I mean, you know, that's that's how movies work. When you right? know, you know, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Uh... When you know, you know. <laughs> exactly. There's a bit... Um, because in the in the Twin Snakes now, I don't know if this this dialogue's in the original, but I I submitted in the torture thing in, in my second playthrough to just get it get past it because I wanted that see what that ending was like. Oh, um, you had metal die. Then. Yeah, PSA everybody, if you if you're playing a game on Dolphin and you're using save states, don't update Dolphin before you finish the game because your save states won't work anymore. So that was the <laughs> end of that for me. Um, but there's a bit where she's died and someone says to him like, oh. Meryl was special to you, wasn't she? And he goes, yeah, special. I mean, tomboys don't really look like that, do they? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, he totally digs it out how she looks as well at some point, doesn't he? Yeah, because you and I were laughing about the fact that she's like, I don't wear makeup like other women when she's looking in the mirror and it's got those like PS1, she's just got no eyelids, (laughs) no eyeballs, just like, I don't look like normal women. No, you fucking don't. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) I love how <laughs> this seems to have like tried to tone down the overacting from Resident Evil One, where everyone's like moving their arms like a, I'm a little teapot dance to talk. Oh, they do love a stand still. Like even Snake does it at some point when he's chatting to someone, he just like stands still with his hands on his hips. Yeah, but they seem to have just animated their head, so all they're talking is just like up and down head. <laughs> this is me to let you know that I'm talking because they couldn't even animate the mouths or whatever. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think it was when he was speaking to Otacon. And Otacon's like, Snake, do you think it's possible to fall in love during he, war? He or fucking like says that? he followed Snake all the way up there to ask him that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I followed you up here. And he, Snake even says, you came all the way here to ask me that. <laughs> are you tapped, mate? What are you doing? And isn't that the bit that, that like, directly um, precedes you being in the lift? And then it's just like, maths for absolute dickheads and he's like gee snake i'm pretty sure i saw there were five stealth suits in my office but now they're only four and then i went back and they're all gone and he's like hmm come to think of it the weight limit did go off in this lift where there's nobody in there hmm i wonder why it's oh god it's so funny suddenly realizing there's invisible men in a lift with you Absolutely also, like fantastic. Otacons, maybe actually now we're speaking about it. Otacons, maybe like stealth because he's in a stealth suit, but um, accidentally one of the best characters in the game as well. Yeah. A big fan of when you kill <laughs> Sniper Wolf and then he just comes out of nowhere and he's like, No, <laughs> and then it's, it's just like you, you, it, this, they talk about they have like a man to man. And then she's just like, yeah, you can. You sh- I've just been looking for someone to shoot me. And Snake's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then just like gets ready to shoot. And he's just like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Because he's like, I love you. And he's yeah. like, oh, you're, you're just the way to shoot. And then he's totally fine with her getting shot. Just yeah, but he's always, absolutely okay well, he's with that. he's certainly fine with Snake shooting her. Yeah. Like, I loved her. 
lets her <laughs> carries her gun over to her. Yeah. Why did he love her though? I have no idea why he loved her, but this is also why I I cannot like we spoke about this before. A massive soft spot for like nineties movie and how like silly and bombastic they are. So like this is not a, me knocking the knocking the game in any way. This is like it, if anything, it makes it better for me. It's like so he does that. He comes out saying I love you, and then she turns <laughs> around and goes like. I love you, and it turns out she's speaking to her gun, not yeah. him. There's, there's no way that this is not meant to be funny. <laughs> there's no that, way. You're right, though. The fact that he's just suddenly arrived. like You could have shot her from behind in your stealth suit, but instead you had to have a quick fap before you came over a like, decaying corpse. Well done, mate. To ask about falling in love. I had to follow you up here to ask you that. In his little stealth suit, running after yeah. you, killing all these guys. I've just got to ask him if love can happen on a battlefield. Yeah. Wait, Snake, slow <laughs> down. I like how quickly. I don't know if you were watching at the time, but I was certainly streaming when you have the fight with Gray Gray Fox. Yeah, and uh, he's done his ankle in. Oh, I, I'm pissed. And he's like, himself, so he's, just... he's yeah, he's like hobbling about, and then he like puts the stealth suit on. And you just see him sprinting <laughs> out the room. <laughs> Proper faking it. He was faking it. Or he's um. I'm just like listing things that I like Otacon did now. So sorry, but like the the other one, then I'll we can move on. I guess um, when he's like when you phone him when you're in the cell and he's like I need rescued and he comes up with a tin of tuna and some tomato ketchup. No, that's actually in the Twin Snakes they because that's actually a ration. He just gives Snake a ration and some ketchup. <laughs> and he's handing in the ketchup like I thought you'd want some food <laughs> I can come I mean, back it, with more this is a condiment mate I don't know if it even is food <laughs> uh, Otacon is yeah what a complete and utter goof he's amazing he is amazing they're, just, yeah, they're, they're loving like loving Sniper Wolf for in, like no reasons other than she's got you know she's got some cleavage on show I reckon I think that's it because she's she's a bit of a psychotic killer, and they even mentioned at some point she like the people that she decides she's going to assassinate. She falls in love with them before she assassinates them. Yeah, something unhinged <laughs> about that. But there's so many more things that are like looking back on it are ridiculous, but we'll, but in the uh, best way possible. Like I'm so on board for that because, yeah. like, like I say, and. Again, like I know, I'm probably offending people because there's people that get much in the same way as I. I actually like secretly, not secretly, because we do a whole podcast about it. But like, I like the gear story, and I know a lot of people think that's silly. So like, I know how people feel, but like, how convoluted the story is about like injecting nano machines in ear and stuff like that, and like, there's no way that this this was meant to be serious. I can't cannot live in a world in which Kojima wrote this script and thought, I've nailed this. I, I would think, win an Oscar. Yeah, and I guess part of it is, you know, Japanese humour is heavily, heavily leans into slapstick. They have refined a, a lot of genres of entertainment. You know, certainly like animation and action, they, they do great horror they do like lots of gritty shit, but their humor has always like to an outsider can seem very like broad and low level humor when it's a lot of it is just like people falling over or laughing at other people having horrible things happen. To I them. mean, I guess she's cast on that shit, yeah. right? Well, I, I'm well, I'm also well documented doing various podcasts over the years of being utter, until I sort of sat and looked at it for long enough, being utterly baffled by the humor in Yakuza. 
I couldn't yeah. work out if it was if it was meant to be laughing at it or not. I just couldn't <laughs> figure. It. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess. I mean, it's like it's so weird, isn't it, to think that Kojima basically mixed this like massively convoluted, deep-reaching Cold War-level like nuclear arms race shit in with. Oh, it's mad. You know, telling you to look at the back of a CD case or reading your memory card. Like, yeah. the guy is definitely different in, in the head. And in th- this is like one of the purest, greatest Kojima creations in that it is a perfect encapsulation before things got too much, before everything just got too, like, unfathomable and, like, just <laughs> overly obtuse or weird. This is, like, perfect for me, like, level of Kojima. And th- I can see a lot of yeah. it from... I'd agree with that. Um, Snatcher. I played Snatcher for uh, Sega Mania magazine on the Mega CD. Snatcher is a is a really cool video game. Is that another game? Is that one of his? Is it? Yeah, I've never heard of that. It's um, it's kind of like a point and click adventure, really. Um, but there's a lot of similarity in like the tone of that, and also in like the humor, the way that the main character talks about women and every single woman like falls for him or he falls for them the way that the humor kind of comes across as being like unintentional, but very, very funny to like Westerners, but also like this sort of gritty sci-fi, like um, Mm -hmm. I could see a lot of that carrying over the tendrils of that, like coming into something like Metal Gear Solid for Kojima. But I do, I think both of us love this game. So don't get us wrong, anybody listening. No, don't get us wrong. We're enjoying the, the, like the, not foibles of it, but like, you know, the, um, eccentricities of it we're enjoying yeah we, we enjoy that on a humorous level but the game itself is like a, an astounding piece of work for a playstation one in 1998 like unbelievable what they did to this yeah and i think like it's like you said there are aspects of the game that i think are of mixed quality but i think they're mixed yeah. quality because of their age and just because we're used to different things nowadays when, yeah. when, with the game so like for the most part i think this game hand like is easily recommend recommendable you can recommend this game today and it's going to hold up absolutely fine for the most part there are like i said there are things that needs to need that were improved over the years like the camera angle was something i kind of got stuck with quite a lot and i Mm -hmm. I did find that i spent a lot of time staring at the at the radar rather than the actual screen and i think if you're doing that like i much like with batman arkham asylum if you're not staring at what they've created for you a lot of the time there needs to be something sort of a, a sort of a rejig for that. Um, a lot of the action sequences are quite. I find the the shooting mechanics quite frustrating. Yes. Um, I thought like even like with your pistol and your is it your famas? Famas, yeah. Famas. Um, those sections were. I basically got into a routine of making sure I was coming at enemies in straight lines because I was struggling to aim at people in diagonal directions for example mm. um, and then I really didn't get on with the switching of the, the angle like the camera angle so like when you were using your sniper rifle it would switch you and to get out of the sniper rifle view you had to unequip the gun That's right yeah I found aspects of that quite frustrating in the sniper wolf fight yeah you do get used to it 
but it's also like as well because it, if, as soon as you equipped it it automatically aimed down the sights for you so yeah if you were trying to just like have the sniper rifle ready you can't you can't do that you as soon nope. as you equip it he's zooming in miles away into the distance and then you lose all your perspective of what you're actually supposed to be looking at which certainly for that second sniper wolf fight makes things really like disorientating yeah um there's also a lot of things which i think in the moment i was like what a waste of time but actually if i think back to like 1998 and how i would have been playing the game it probably works quite well and i can see why they do it so like um for example like a lot of the time the game wants you to sort of explore the area and figure out the puzzle on its own so like obviously a lot of the time and because it, it's 2023 it's too easy to look up a guide and see what you want to do yeah. but the, the one the, the example that jumps to my mind is the section before you fight those people in the stealth suits on the lift because you go up to the lift it doesn't work and then you try and go downstairs and it lets you go downstairs for a while and then then the the floor's gone and he's like damn it that's the kind of thing i was like why are you wasting my time making me go all the way down here to have to go all the way back up but actually you then have to start thinking right well how do i work this through and at the start of the game it says call people so you, I would guess at that point you would start working your way through who you've got on your call yeah, list you would. until you get to Autocon and then that would sort of kickstart the next phase of the game which would then lead on to the next boss fight and then activate the lift and stuff like that. So I do like it and I do appreciate it. I actually it think that's quite brilliant really, isn't it? That, you, yeah. that you've got like an in-game guide that actually fits into the narrative of the game. Other than the fact that it's kind of intimated that Snake can see people but it's that's bollocks. Like, oh, with the we can when like, you're on the comms, yeah, because we, yeah, because there's a big there's see. a big reveal, isn't there? Yeah, where, with, where uh, Master Miller turns into liquid and he goes, "Did you like my sunglasses, Snake?" Like, yeah. what are you on about? He's, <laughs> he's in his fucking ear. How's he seeing what you look like? I just like the idea that he's a method actor and he's just got to get in character. He's got to put on. The costume that he's made before he can pretend to be that guy to snake. <laughs> he's constantly like tying his hair back, yeah. putting shades on to then have an in-ear conversation with someone who can yeah. hear him only. <laughs> this will do him. He won't. He won't believe it when I take these shades off. He'll probably hear it in his inner ear bones. What is? Because I never needed it at the point. Because the next thing I was going to say, the other things that I quite liked is like when my ration packs kept freezing. Unbelievable. <laughs> that was like an cold. awesome thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why I had co- like cold medicine. You said you needed that at some point. Do you start sneezing? What, what yeah, and it gives you that? a way you to know? guards. <laughs> right, okay, because I never. That was in that was in Twin Snakes though. I didn't I didn't get him coughing and sneezing in the original. It must be in it though, because be. the the medicine's in there. I got it after the fight with Vulcan Raven. I think. Right. Okay. Probably after being outside in the canyon. He got it on. on so, he got it loads on Twin Snakes. I didn't get it at all on the original. I guess there's a chance then that I did have it and just never noticed. So after Vulcan Raven is when I noticed that my rations were frozen. That is unbelievable. And I needed health, so I took it, wondering if it would give me health, and it didn't do anything. So th- there is a chance I did have sort of a cold, and I cured it without noticing. Yeah. Oh, honestly, one of the times he sneezed was like it was perfect because I was. It's the bit where it's in the nuclear building you know the bit with the room mm-hmm. where you can't shoot and it's got the big nukes all lined up and you've got to go up the stairs and go in the lift and there's always a guy on the corner of that walkway at the top and he'll come around the yeah. corner and you can like hide against the wall next to the lift while you're waiting for it to come up and he'll walk past you but 
obviously in these games, if Snake leans against a wall, it does give you a camera angle so you can kind of see over the shoulder of Snake behind the wall. And I had a perfect shot of the guard just kind of looking over the edge and then Snake just going, Achoo! and the guy just turned around and got me. It was brilliant, but <laughs> obviously pissed me off because I probably died about seven times in a row already. But yeah, that really was also the area I discovered that you, the the material in which you were running on made a difference. Yes. So I yeah I didn't realize until then. So usually you can sort of run about a speed, and then there's a bit I was like avoiding a guard, and I started running down. Obviously, went over a metal grating, and he's like, yeah. "Huh?" And then he comes looking for you, and yeah. they come looking for you at some a decent clip as well. They do. They um, one thing that did piss me off a lot of the times is that if you got if you ever got caught. A man would be next to you straight away shooting you, which which yeah. is bollocks because it's like you weren't there, mate. You, there's two blokes in this room, and now there's ten. Um, what what? And of course, there's obviously the um, the fact that they would the enemies would probably regenerate sometimes if you go back in mm. the room again. Now, yeah. another cool thing about the Twin Snakes remake is that if you kill a guy or take him out, you'll hear them get a call on their radio and it'll be like, why aren't you responding? What's going on? Oh, good. And then you'll hear like a voice over a PA system be like, uh, there's no response from people in wherever, send the backup unit in. And it's just a little touch, but it, it kind of explains to you, like that's why the room's repopulated when you go back because no one yeah. was responding. So they sent blokes in to sort it all out. So I thought that was a really cool little thing that they added in there that kind of makes, I mean, annoying because it means they respawn all the time, but it at least explains why. And I think, that's got to be one of the things people love about this game and about Kojima is how he, how much like he sort of granular he detail he thinks about what a video game is and how to explain video game shit. That's a great shout because I think even in modern video games today, it's very often that things will happen and then the answer to that is just video games in it yeah, makes life exactly. easier. Whereas like everything in this game he's thought about, yeah. And he, like, like you're saying, even like re- regenerating enemies, he's obviously thought about what that means within the world and why that's happening. I think that's great. So yeah. good. Yeah. So, so good. Um, There's something else I wanted to say, but I've kind of forgotten. So maybe we'll do this quick. I've been dre- I was saying to Alex before we started recording, dreading the story, but let's do a quick story rundown. Yeah. Um, and then we can sort of go through the different levels and areas of the game. Yeah. Um, it was it was going to be talking about backtracking is what I was going to ask you about, but we'll definitely come back yes, to that. Yes, we will. Okay, so in 2005, Renegade Genetically Enhanced Special Forces Unit Foxhound seizes control of a remote island in Alaska's Fox Archipelago, codenamed Shadow Moses, which houses a nuclear weapons disposal facility. Foxhound threatens to use the nuclear-capable Mecha, Mecha Metal Gear Rex being secretly tested at the Foxhound facility against the US government if they do not receive the remains of Big Boss and ransom and a ransom of $1 billion within 24 hours. <laughs> so Snake is forced out of retirement by Colonel Roy Campbell to infiltrate the island and neutralise the threat. Snake enters the facility via an air vent and locates the first hostage, DARPA Chief Donald Anderson. Anderson reveals that the Metal Gear Rex can be deactivated with a secret detonation override code, but dies of a heart attack, apparently. So we think. Mm -hmm. In fact, so we think it's Donald Anderson as well. Yeah. um, Colonel Campbell's niece, Mary Silverborough, Meryl Silverborough, sorry. Yeah. 
held hostage in a neighbouring cell, helps Snake escape. Snake locates another hostage, arms tech president Kenneth Baker, but is confronted by Foxhound member Revolver Ocelot. Their gunfight is interrupted by a mysterious cyborg ninja who cuts off Ocelot's right hand. Baker briefs Snake on the Metal Gear project and advising him to contact Merrill, whom he gave the PAL card, that might prevent the launch, but he too dies of a sudden heart attack. Very <laughs> That's so fishy. funny when he basically is like, I forgot what a code is. Shit. Because he's just, <laughs> he gives you like, you've got to contact Merrill. What's that codec number? Um, don't know. Check the back of your, <laughs> check the back of your package. Should we talk? Should we? Should we interrupt that then? At that stage, sure. Let's talk about the revolver ocelot fight. Did you? What? I mean, if you knew, if I'd have told you how to run while shooting, you probably would have found that easier, right? I think it's fairly fairly straightforward. I wouldn't say it's particularly exciting or fun. <laughs> overlay. I mean, it's it's not unfun and it's not annoying, but I've I found it increasingly difficult to get sort of. And again, bearing this in mind that this was the first time I'd sort of touch these controls in a long time um, making sure that you were sort of in a good line to be able to shoot revolver yeah. ocelot I found it quite difficult and I did find a lot of time I was just endlessly running around yeah. it, to the point that I, I often wasn't even particularly worried about getting shot you never seemed just, to hit me that much either no it was more getting in position to allow you to shoot him that was the sort of challenge of that boss fight what did you think of it? Yeah I, I completely agree and I, when I played it on the Twin Snakes version, I, I I absolutely like just wiped the floor with him. Oh, did I knew you? How to run and shoot, and I was basically just a few yards behind him, just following him every time. Oh, nice. So I was able to just continually shoot him. I did it in like seconds. But the first time around, yeah, if you go towards him, he he would always just go the opposite direction. So it's quite hard to kind of cut him off at the pass, even when he was reloading. You you almost have to like. Yeah, that boy reloads quick. Yeah. I actually really like the fact that you know it shows you how many bullets he's got left as if as if the tactic is avoid him and when he starts reloading go in for the shot but he would run while reloading the cheeky sod so it's like I can't I can't even shoot him now while his guns are down it's um yeah quite annoying and obviously there's a there's that little I I think it must be ammo crate that's right near the wires that yeah. you that I actually you died touch. on I think it was on Twin Snakes, actually. I tried to go get them. I thought, oh, I'll just go grab these bullets. And then it obviously pushed the direction too hard and blew the whole bloody thing up. But um, the the enforced use of the D-pad in this boss fight specifically was quite a, a pain in the arse. You know, you can, you can aim by holding the shoot button down and then you can kind of turn <clears throat> Snake around without actually firing. And you can watch where the um, laser sight goes. But my farmers were starting to get sore having to use a deeper to run around <laughs> in circles over and over again. I'm not going to lie. I, I guess this is like the opening sort of gambit of the game where it sort of sets out, it sets out its stall and tells you what it's going to be about. And I think yeah. this is actually a really strong part of the game because I was almost instantly hooked. I think the, the atmosphere that it builds, the yeah. sort of intrigue and actually just sort of encountering people and like obviously killing them off quite quickly seemingly by the same way um and then it sort of it opens you up to the mechanics you're sneaking around it teaches you how to sort of do the stealth bits and that you can crawl into vents and stuff like that yeah interacting with different bits follow of the environment the i think follow the rats um i think this is a really really strong part of the game the other thing i i'm sure i wrote about this in a an article i wrote for something at some point over the years but even 
I, I bear in mind this game is late nineties when you go into the cell and if you look in the toilet, you can see maggots and stuff growing about going yeah. about. I think like the attention to detail in this sort of opening part of the game is just unbelievable. Yeah, agreed. Um, very much an, an anime storyline, like the to me anyway. I, I'm not someone that is overly immersed in seeped in anime. Um, the the yeah, I'd think the the bad guys are quite anime in feeling. I mean, yeah, here's the why. Why have a nuclear warhead that you're going to fire on the United States when you could put it inside a mech, right? Yeah, I that, exactly that like a dinosaur. The other thing that I guess is probably worth noting at this point as well, because I got confused by it and I had to get you to point out to it. It puts the actors, the voice actors' names under the characters at the beginning when you yeah. first encounter them. Um, obviously, because it's emulating this sort of cinematic nature, because yeah. not many games had been like that up exactly. to this point. Um, I was very confused and thought they had given all these characters two names. Yeah. And this, like, one was a code name, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. what is this? <laughs> It just shows. I think it just shows. Like, clearly, they knew that they'd knocked that part out of the park. And mm-hmm. Kojima's obviously like spaffing his jeans over the fact that he's got all these great voice acting performances that he he feels confident enough. Imagine if they did that for Resident Evil when you got like Jill, don't open that door, and they're like, this guy is somebody you're going to want to call after this because he's going places. <laughs> You are right though, like given like the relative times that these games came out, the the voice acting is next level. I mean, specifically I would say because some of them are a bit shit. It's not like a hundred percent hit rate. I would say Vulcan Raven is pretty bad. Where he's just talking like a lost neck, I'm going to get my raven. I, on you. To me he sounded like uh someone that was trying to do an impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. A little bit, yeah. Um but but poorly um the the only caveat to that is i actually think it like use is it his voice doesn't work and it doesn't work and it doesn't work and then in his death scene it oh, works his death scene is just glorious which makes me think that the casting call they did was the script was on his death scene because that fitted and was great the other the rest of the time it just sounded like a dude trying to do a yeah, it's um, like a slow-talking meathead, isn't it? Deep voice, yeah. Yeah. Am but- I talking that as well? I didn't think Deep Throat. I didn't think, which is a worst, the worst code name I've ever heard. It sounds like a bad porn movie. But the yeah, um, why did the why did the guy from the Watergate call himself that? No, I don't know. Because he's the one who leaked Nixon's like nefarious deeds, isn't it? Like in a car park or something. Oh right, okay. Is that where that they've got this from? Yeah, I think they say it in the game because Snake's like Deep Throat. The guy from the Watergate scandal, or something. Ah, um, right, okay. But you're right. His his voice is a bit odd as well. But I would say, specific- I don't think I don't think his voice matches his no. race. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I would say definitely David Hater is a solid snake. Obviously iconic. Awesome. Yeah. General uh, Colonel Campbell is brilliant as well. Yes, yeah, so good. Um, and Mantis is pretty good. Liquid's a little bit. Liquid's a little bit like snarling, sort of Bond villain shit, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But I guess that's how they wanted him to be. But specifically, the Colonel and Snake are like excellent, genuinely excellent voice acting performances. Yes. Yeah. The, obviously, David Hayter's had a pretty good career. Do you know? Who well, the yeah, Colonel he ended up in Bloodstained, right? So yeah, phoning it in <laughs> for the yeah. fun. Has um? Did you know if the Colonel went on to do anything? I do not know that actually. 
I swear David Hayter's been in actual films, hasn't he? Oh, he's a sc- he writes screenplays. He wrote screenplays for X-Men, X-Men 2 and Watchmen. Oh, excellent. Yeah, he has had a good career in his own right then. He was also in X-Men as well as a museum cop. Yes. Oh, no, he's been in Yakuza Like a Dragon. The, but, of course, I don't listen to it in the English. I listen to the Japanese. So I wouldn't know. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so I've had a look at Paul Eiding, who played Colonel Roy Campbell. Yeah. He's got. A, he's done a lot. Um, he's he's been in Ben Ten and stuff like that. So he's mm-hmm. done a lot. He's a sort of quite a famous voice actor. Uh, the Jetsons. He was in um, Smurfs. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, so he's done. A, he's got a, a fairly decent Surely voice actor Papa career. Smurf in the Smurfs, right? He must have been some old Smurf. Oh, it was just additional voices. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, he's been in films, Fist, Personals, Madhouse, American Zombie, and The Submarine Kid, but I'm not really a f- too... Never heard of any of those. Up on those. But so yeah, a decent career, um, but he seems to be best known for that. Um, but yeah, as I say, like that opening area is a good sort of taster of what the game's yeah. got to come. So over Codec, Meryl agrees to meet... Um, snake in the warhead disposal area on the condition that Snake contacts Metal Gear's designer, Dr. Hal Otacon Emmerich. En route, Snake receives an anonymous codec calling from uh, from someone calling themselves Deep Throat, warning him of a tank ambush. Snake fends off the attack from Vulcan Raven and proceeds to the rendezvous where he locates Otacon. The ninja reappears and Snake realises it's his former ally, Grey Fox, believed dead. Devastated over learning Rex's true intentions, Otacon agrees to aid Snake remotely um, using special camouflage to procure information and supplies. Tank fight, right? What do you think to that? Um, fine. Fiddly as hell, right? Trying to get that. Re- really fiddly. There. Yeah, so this is again like, it's probably something that's going to pop up time and time again as we, dis- we discuss the bosses. So I don't know whether to bring it up, but yeah, like aiming the grenades was incredibly fiddly. Yeah, um, you just have to sort of run and kind of point him at it and hope. But much like a lot of the Metal Gear bosses, when you score direct hits, they go down quick. It's not an overly long fight. It was mm. sort of over before I'd kind of realised it started. Um, it's quite fun just putting you up against a tank. Yeah, I love it's how this a... game puts you against like tanks and helicopters and yeah. mech suits and stuff, yeah. What did you think of it? Yeah, much like you, it was... Um... Just kind of like trying to run around in circles around a tank, <laughs> just mm-hmm. trying to lob a grenade into a tiny hole is a little bit fiddly. I definitely preferred the um, the grey fox fight afterwards. I love the yeah. I love the um, the preceding cutscene to that where he's yeah. just sliced up that corridor full of goons, and you're just walking over corpses. There's just blood all over the walls, like so badass. Um, and his fight. See, is... do you think he's like the predator? That's what to me yeah. he, he felt like. Certainly has that, yeah, that aura about him, doesn't he? Um... Well, especially as well as you go around the corner and he's got like there's an, there's an enemy dead on the end of his sword, just yeah. like apparently in the air. And then, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's um, he's quite he's the first enemy that I think you see coming, and because they obviously like foreshadow him quite a lot yeah. in the run up to that, um, he feels quite scary, and you feel quite unsure about fighting him because he has been just tearing fools left and right um i enjoy that by not using any of his weapons and saying he doesn't have hand hand combat yeah um the the fight is fun as well it's probably one of the 
up to the up to this point certainly it's probably one of the more fun boss fights yeah just kind of running around and having a, a punch up with a bloke in a yeah. ninja suit but uh i don't remember too much about the original in the in the remake he like you can both completely fuck that lab up by like smashing the glass and knocking oh it nice that's really cool like, so you can do bits the, of that yeah i don't know if that's little bits of that bit. little bits so like you can uh, yeah there's a couple of times where gray fox would swing a punch at me and miss and then smash a window which was quite cool yeah um but yeah it's obviously not not massive detail mm-hmm it seems nice like there's a PlayStation in there. in there as well, plugged in, and then in the GameCube. Oh, I missed that. GameCube, yeah. Same oh, where, the, where the PlayStation completely. is, it's replaced with the GameCube, which is quite cool. Yeah. And random Yoshi yeah. and Mario toys on the thing. And people, again, say, oh, that's dumb because it breaks the tone. It's like the dude walks around saying, are you an otaku too? I'm a guy who likes Japanimation. That's what I am. Like That's yeah. the exact kind of man who would have a Mario and Yoshi toy on his desk at work. How is that not? Totally oh yeah, because he became a Otacon became a doctor because he wanted, or he wanted a scientist. Sorry, because he wanted to make mechs that he saw in a cartoon. It's, Which it's I like, think is a bit childish. Is clips from the game Police Noughts, which is the sequel to Snatcher on on like PlayStation. I'm uh, almost certain that's what that clip is of. That could be bollocks though. He is um, gaming's auteur, isn't he? He Good certainly old. is. Good old Kojima. Yeah. Um, moving on from there, Snake meets Meryl and receives the PAL card, which I, I kept, every time I saw PAL card, I kept thinking like regions Me too. of video Still games. Still am reading um, it right now, yeah. Yeah. Um, as they heard, uh, sorry, as they head for the underground base, Meryl is possessed by psychotic, psychic, psychomantis and pulls her gun out on Snake. He disarms her and defeats Mantis, who informs Snake that he has a large place in her. He's got a large place in her heart. Tell How everybody sweet. why they shouldn't do the Mantis fight on the PC version. Oh my goodness! There's no like. There's so how the Mantis fight goes in, if I remember correctly, on PS One, is you take your controller and you plug it into the second port, and he can't read your thoughts because basically, if you the idea behind this fight, if you've not done it, is that the game reads your inputs and sort of blocks you from being able to attack psychomantis yeah. properly. Um, so by changing ports, the idea is that you can no longer read your thoughts so you can then attack him and do damage to him, which how did they push the player towards? I think if you call Campbell, he tells you. Right, okay. Because in the Twin Snakes version, they you have to do it multiple times. You have to, because there's four controller ports now. I had to do it three times. In that, so right, when I was okay. playing, because I was playing on Dolphin, I had to like open the Dolphin menu, go into the controller settings, set up because I was playing with a GameCube, like a WaveBird controller on the yeah. um, the old uh, USB adapter. Is that, that why you were showing me Smash. pictures of multiple controllers? Yeah, so I was using my right. Xbox controller as the second controller, and I kept having to like map it to the second, third, and fourth port, and then have it set to like always connected or something. Oh fucking it. What a ball like. But even that was better than having to use the keyboard to fight it. Yeah, I'd use the keyboard and they do it the wrong way around as well. So I was having to move with the arrow keys on the with my right hand. And then you were doing the controller yeah, inputs oh, on the buttons God. with your left hand. So even like if you imagine on a controller, you the D pad's on the left and the buttons are on the right. They had flipped that. Yeah, <laughs> so it totally 
Yeah, so I was trying to do the the WASD controllers, the controls, so like move about with the WASD keys. No, 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 no. It wants to be using like tab and control and the alt button and space. With you using the right hand to move about, and it was truly awful. Again, that's probably that's where I sort of learned my come at enemies in straight lines. Don't try and shoot them diagonally. thing because your my brain could sort of figure out how to run straight onto an enemy and then shoot but it was truly awful which is a shame because that's an iconic fight within that game and my takeaway feeling from that was just frustration and now i do want to caveat this this i wasn't playing a stolen copy i actually oh, yeah. paid money for this yeah um, yeah. yeah it's just it's just not good it's not good but it was it was never built for pc so trying to give it a bit of a break, but they're also selling it for on PC for real money. So because yeah. um, obviously, I don't know how much of a break to give them. It's not likely to ever be the case, but if you don't have a keyboard for whatever reason, you cannot do that on PC at all. Yeah, um, I don't think it also did the the bit where it says like Hideo in the screen where it goes black and it says it like if like the old like when you're changing the source on your old crt tvs and you put it on like you know av1 or whatever with that green text on the original playstation version like it it does that as if you as if your tv's changed channel or your source has disappeared and it like blacks out the screen for a few minutes but you got robbed of that he also doesn't talk about reading your memory card telling you what you've been doing which i remember him talking about smash bros the first time i ever played this and monkey ball on the fucking gamecube which is so funny to hear a psychotic psychic be like you've played super monkey ball um but uh yeah the fact that they don't even have that in the pc version is such shit doesn't tell you he's going to move your controller with his mind and you've got to put it on the floor and stuff like really cool shit but yeah you were robbed of it he's the I, I guess not that it's manifestly important, but he's the he's the first enemy I think that like boss fight that I had played that felt sinister. Like obviously, um, Deep Throat felt like he was like action, almost predator sort of scary. Yeah. But whereas like the the sort of cutscene they have where he's controlling so Meryl, it is like it's unsettling in a way that a lot of the other game the rest of the game is not lots of and jump it's just cuts, un- lots of weird like yeah sort of 45 degree angles for the camera him sort of flashing in and out like he's like a puppeteer behind her yeah and snake's even like who the fuck is that while she's trying to ask him to have sex with him he's like hey what, what's your dad doing in the room eh? what's this <laughs> you said your parents were out of town so yeah i really enjoyed that section really really good yeah if I had, if I didn't have to, I mean, if I didn't have to mess about with the keyboard and stuff, he's probably my favorite boss in the game. So, like, if you're th- if I'm like talking about back in the day, my favorite probably is him. He I does think. also look fucked up in the twin snakes as well when he takes his mask off, rather than just a slightly, you know, a normal bloke with a couple of staples in his lips. <laughs> I did say that. Oh, there was was it Meryl that was yeah, like, she's oh so my god, grossed out by him. Yeah, and I'm like. He kind of just looks like you, Meryl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After you've just been, like, I've just been ripping, Snake's just been in the bathroom ripping Meryl a new one about her not wearing makeup and stuff. And then she's grossed out by his face when he's just got the same shadowy eyes as she does. He, obviously when he's revealing his backstory, it's kind mm-hmm. of fucked up that it's, you know, it's about his parents and his dad and whatever. Um, 
he read his dad's mind and his dad obviously hated him because his mum died in childbirth and he thought his dad was going to want to kill him. Really interesting point that he says, like when he's read Snake's mind, that he sort of says, like, compared to you, I'm basically an angel. Like, you are truly, like, fucked up, which is yeah. such a weird thing to them. <laughs> they have to, like, take over that that guy again and be the guy that is apparently worse than the worst guy you've met up to this point. And then within a few seconds of that, Meryl's like really upset. And Snake's just like, if you're going to fucking cry, I'm going to leave you here. Yeah. Pull your knickers up and get me a cup of tea. So just like, you just kind of feel like, um, I'm not sure I like this bloke anymore. Yeah. But really cool. Yeah. All of that is fucking awesome. In the, in the GameCube version, there's loads of paintings on the wall behind um, Mantis. Mm-hmm. And they do like Evil Dead 2 start like laughing and move going like crazy. Oh, One of them is Kojima, which is quite funny. That's good. And for some reason, like he obviously has a mind trick, pretends he's like shooting fireballs at Snake and like burning the whole room. And Snake has to suddenly realize he's not actually on fire. But one of the paintings, the, the painting next to Kojima, get, like gets set on fire, and the guy in the painting's face melts off, and Kojima's painting like looks at the dude like Jesus Christ! Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> like people think that is really good. Shit, I'm gonna have to look that up. Look that up because it is mad. Like how different it is, and how much they they played with it. And obviously, Kojima put his own face in there. Very cool. That's really good. Yeah. Um, talking about iconic bosses, though, I think the other like, other Big, maybe you disagree, but the other iconic boss is up almost instantly next after a very, very short area. So after you kill Psycho Mantis, you then move to the underground passageway yeah. and you negotiate a few wolves. It turns out that the wolves really like Meryl. Um, <laughs> not, not Snake, who's a uh, self-described musher. Yeah, yeah, that's another way. He's meant to be the dog guy. <laughs> He's a genetically engineered super soldier that has no parents, but you know, I like the occasional mushing on a weekend with the with the huskies. That's a weird hobby for them to go to, isn't it? And very convenient to be like, yeah, these these wolves go, go, cool go. with that. I do this all the time. Yeah. Um so yeah, so after they reach the underground passageway, Sniper Wolf ambushes them, she wounds medals uh, and cap and after a short boss fight, captures Snake. What did you think of this she, boss fight? She she doesn't just wound Meryl. She fucks her up. She, yes. <laughs> she makes so a miraculous good. recovery at the end of the game that she can just sort of fly out of there. Yeah. Um, I Well, first of all, uh, I don't think I realised how to do the dog bit the first time around. So I was trying to figure out what to do to all these dogs and ended up having to kill them, which upset me as it would upset yeah. both of us. I, I ran from them. I just ran. <laughs> and every okay. time I, I just took the hit and kept running. In the Twin Snakes, <laughs> they give you, as well as the first person aiming, they give you an M9 tranquilizer gun, which is in the second uh, game. So I tranked them all in my, in my second playthrough. Oh, so I didn't have to news. hurt any of them. Just put them all to sleep. Yeah. Had a lovely run through, punched a woman, hid in a box, and then everything was all good. That is weird that you've got a puncher and hide in a box. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just Tuesday. Because she's fine with it after you do that. Yeah, she does say something like, what are you doing? But yeah, totally, you know, still in love with you or whatever. (laughs) And then maybe she realizes after you hide in a box and get pissed on, she probably goes, that's why he punched me. Yeah. I deserved it. (laughs) I fucking love Sniper Wolf's. sniper fight it 
can be very annoying. It's even worse on the GameCube one because if she shoots you, the aiming ridicule just goes straight vertically up into the sky. It's like he goes, Whoa! Oh, so it's, in my version, it was spinning me. Oh, was it? Yeah, so it was like sending me like 45 degrees left or right. Oh, my God. Um, once you, yeah, it. it's also funny you talked about it earlier and we haven't really mentioned it yet, but this is the first real, I would say, real bit of backtracking where it's like, you better go yeah. get a sniper rifle and you go back to the old B2. You go back all the way. Which now has which it, dudes in it. There's another thing, actually, is that the game does a good job. I mean, in 2023, it's quite a, it's like a Metroidvania. It is. Like, so. features in is quite a common thing in games, but I'm not sure it was quite so common in the 90s outside of, the, obviously, Metroidvanias themselves. Mm. It's to sort of telegraph areas of the map that you can't, get access to until yeah. later in the game and then asking you to come back and look at it again. The other thing that... Very binary do, way which, of just having a number on the door and go, you're only number four, mate. Come back when you've got number yeah. seven. Um, there's even bits where they write stuff on the doors as well. And I can't think where that is. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's the other, also stuff that you can miss and get at different types and points of the game. Yeah. Like, I, it gave me massive rage, but I kind of got over it pretty quick that you can get the... So you get your gun, you can get your gun at the start of the game in the back of a truck. And if you miss that, which I did, you then get your gun in a room later on inside the, the tank hangar. Um, if you got the gun at the beginning, that is then a minesweeper, which makes the detecting... Or is it... No, it's your goggles, isn't it? It's your infrared goggles so that you don't need to use your cigarettes Yeah. to see the red lines um, going up in the, the laser beams and stuff yeah. like that. Um really smart but then it also gives you ways around i mean there's there's we could list for days about how this game gives you different options to do stuff because even yeah. when you're in the prison cell you don't have to get you can get caught by you can get caught using the tomato ketchup and then it won't work anymore um, yeah. so you've at, at that point you've then got to wait till he runs off to go to the toilet and hide under the bed yeah and he doesn't um, know where you are and yeah but again, if he sees you going under the bed, yep. he starts e comments on it. He's like, "Yeah, um, what are you so, doing, idiot?" Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, really, really good. Um, yeah. I can't remember what sent me off. Oh, we we're talking about the backtracking, weren't we? Yeah, For probably the first time it makes you do it, and then you've got to come all the way back. The other thing <laughs> it's I like so about good. You have to just leave Merrill lying bleeding in an alleyway, bleeding yeah. out. Well, I'm just gonna go get a sniper rifle because your dad, your uncle says so. Um, I also like in that section as well how Meryl is like super proud of herself that she manages to get round the mines that are there just before she gets shot. And if you're a snake, you can just lie on the ground and pick them up, crawl straight, pick them up, or use your infrared <laughs> and just walk in a straight line, pretty much, and you don't yeah. stand on them anyway. Um, I don't remember games. Sorry, this game, this again, one of my favourite. I, I think I ultimately do prefer the Psycho Mantis one, but this is another really, really good fight. Close second for me. Um, doing things like when you're outside, being able to see her breath, and that's sort of how you locate her. Yep. Great. Got to so see, good. like, she's going to turn that side of the pillar. Yeah. It's actually quite quite interesting to think about the fact that, other than the backtracking and the, the, like the very sort of baseline level of this is a stealth action game. Mm-hmm. This le- this game does almost feel as if it's got levels in it because the actual variety of the shit that you do in this game is pretty wild. Like mm-hmm. having gone from like fighting a tank to then f- punching a ninja cyborg to yeah. then having to d- 
do a sniper fight with this woman down here and having to like change your controllers over for that fight. And then later on, you're shooting helicopters down. Like there's so many different things this game asks you to do, just like neat little tricks that it keeps throwing at you to keep things fresh in a way yeah. that like it's still fit around basically being in a very short area in a very linear progression from tank hangar, nuclear building, comms tower, facility, yeah. and then over. When, you were, when I was going back and forth, totally agree with that. Because when I was going back and forth during the various bits of backtracking the game wants you to do, mm. you do realize you can, you there's a lot of backtracking, but you can get from one end of where the game starts yeah. to the other pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, it must have probably, I would, I would hazard a guess that it was also fairly novel to have, other than, well, every time you unlocked an area, the, the whole rest of the game was still accessible to you. Yeah, like you're saying it was in levels, but the whole thing sort of just opened up and just became this one map that you had to use. And even at the end, I suspect, like I think it was you that put this into my head, so I'm stealing what you said. But like the big bit amount of backtracking you've got to do with the cards at the end mm. is to give them time to do some story exposition. But and and it makes sense of like you're looking for the three keys, but that's yeah. it all comes like along with the double crossing where they're just making you do it so that they can launch the thing but yeah it's still yeah that part i found the worst bit of backtracking where you just have to run back and stand still wait for a key to go blue <laughs> yeah especially like it was especially the bit where you, there's that one enemy in the metal gear room that you always had to wait and yeah. shoot yeah, because I would always, I ended up having, I just used my sniper rifle on him eventually because I was getting caught by him all the time. Yeah, and then loads um, of mates come in with like fanatics yeah. and bullet shields and stuff, riot shields. Um, but yeah, so you enjoyed the you enjoyed the sniper wolf fight, and I, I just think it's another such a cool idea to have a sniper battle. Brilliant. She's another example of like a, a quite an interesting, fun character as well. She's just a little bit nuts. Yep. Um, in an unsettling way that is, yeah, makes her quite scary like when she says she's coming back for you that sort of has that i don't know there's i just felt like i was like oh no she's coming back because <laughs> she was she's gonna get me well yeah because she's basically fine immediately after the fight as well isn't she you mm-hmm. kind of take her out and then you try and walk through a door and she's just right behind you again totally fine chatting shit getting you arrested and put in a torture machine the torture machine which i guess yes. is what you're about to get onto that's where we're getting to next so um, like I say, Sniper Wolf ambushes them, wounds Meadow, captures Snake. Liquid, you then move on to a, a cutscene where you're in this torture chamber where Liquid confirms Snake's suspicion that they are twin brothers. After being tortured by Ocelot, Snake is confused to discover Anderson's body in his cell, seemingly having been dead for days. Uh, we've spoken. Is there anything else you want to add to sort of the escape section? We've kind of covered it. Did you, did you give up in the torture or did you go ahead and try and... No, so I... Was going to do what you said because I was on a time limit, but also realized that if I didn't, if I gave up, Meryl would die. And I was like, mm, the real ending feels like Meryl survives. So yeah, I put myself through it. It's interesting. It's fun. But yeah, it's not that fun. One, it's, it's just button bashing, but it's, again, it's novel. Yeah, it's like another thing of what I was saying, like just the variety mm-hmm. they chuck at you. But if you die in that, you do not get reloaded in that room as as he says to you there's no continues my friend that so what happens you, back to you, the last to you saved it <sighs> and if you think about that you you've basically got a window of time to save that from when you've killed sniper a shot sniper wolf you basically walk down the alleyway and then that's mailing it. tells you to save 
Does she? She goes, yeah, in my game, she was like, uh, I don't know about you, but this feels weird. I think you should maybe save. She <laughs> didn't do that in mine. That's very or does cool. she not? Yeah. Well, there you go. That At least, yeah, that points you towards the fact that if you don't, you're going to regret it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, but, I never clicked that that's what he was going to do. But that is that is funny that, yeah, when I played it the second time around and I wanted to see the opposite ending. Because the reward you get for for submitting in the torture at, for the second playthrough is in like a stealth camouflage. So you can just be invisible. Like, that's way better than Infinite oh, Hammer. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just, I just thought it was really funny that I just immediately gave up before he's even turned the machine on. <laughs> it just starts like, here we go. I give up. I give up. You win. <laughs> What does he say to you? Because like when I didn't give up, he's like, "Oh yeah, I can tell you're from the same. You're related to Big Liquid Boss or whatever." Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry with Liquid. Yeah. Um. He basically just sort of says, "Right, the girl's mine." Then this is on you, buddy. Sort of thing. Um. And then like you have to apologize to the colonel. Be like, "Yeah, sorry." And it's so funny because it kind of like plays out. It's almost like I did everything I could, but I. Had no chance to save her. Whereas in reality, yeah. I just went, nope, you win. Yeah. Kill the girl. <laughs> just take her. Yeah, I'm hungry um, for some ketchup. Get on with it. I was, I just had, as you were speaking there, I had a quick read through the next section. So I think this is important to to bring up the bomb that gets hidden in your Fuck clothes. It. Yeah, brilliant. Oh my goodness, so good. Yeah, and it just counts down, and you don't know it's there. Yeah, can you it's hear so it good. ticking away? Oh, I, I didn't. Think, I think may- there's probably an audio cue. There's there would def there must be a clue of some kind. Yeah. I know. Cam- apparently, if it gets near down, Campbell will give you a phone and right. maybe nudge you towards it. Okay. Um. So another excellent because oh. they obviously fully expected Snake to escape, so he just hit a bomb in his clothes. Yeah, so clever. Um, so as we discussed, Snake escapes from his cell with the help of Otacom, um and makes his way up to the communications tower and fends off a hind, a hind D <laughs> um, helicopter attack from Liquid. What do you think of this boss fight? I enjoyed it. It's um, yeah, it's not too difficult. Uh, I just love that stinger, just like locking on and shooting rockets at a helicopter. It's really cool. fun, um, and I like that you. You've got to do different things. So, like when you when you get him, it's down halfway. He starts going low, mm-hmm. and you've you've got to use you could then got to switch to using the radar to watch where he's coming from. And yep. you, I also notice you can you can also sort of follow it round, and then you can hear a, there's a different noise when he comes up. Yeah, like a sw- um, swooping noise. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a totally a perfectly fun fun interaction. It's not overly hard. Mm. Certainly um, more fun than the, um, and easier than the rappelling down the building, which I was terrible at. Oh, yeah! I just I I brute forced my way through that. Yeah, just went straight down. I also really liked that, that bit as well. I think I think when you've got there, or maybe it's just after this, they kind of do like a Dark Souls shortcut kind of jobby. But you to do that, they yes, actually make the you C4. put C four on a frozen up doorway. Brilliant! So clever. So good. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was one of the bits actually when I was talking about. I think of mixed quality. I think you're the climb up the stairs. Just yeah, that's weird. It's weird. It's like, not particularly hard. It's not even particularly like offensively bad either. It's just you're just going round and round. Is that the one? That's goes not the on one a bit long. Where the guys are chasing you, is it? That's later on. Yeah. So as soon as you go in to the oh, bottom no, of the, yeah. the silo, and then the alarm goes off, and then you've basically just got to run all the way up to the top. And there's so many floors. Which is the one where 
it's very similar to that, but there's like increasing amounts of security cameras every like fourth floor. So that's when you're going from like the sort of ice area with that guy in it. What's it called? Falcon, Falcon Raven into yeah. the room that's got Rex in it. So you basically got oh, to go yeah. through the door, chuck a chuck a chuck a chaff, and yeah. then run for it. And it's yeah. also got one of those fallen floors as well. So don't hang around too much. Oh, but yeah, yeah, they put a lot of they put a lot of guns on those walls, they don't do. they? <laughs> you can take them out with the um, the stinger, which is an easy way to kind of make them gone forever. And do they, oh, and they stay gone. Yeah. Do we come back to Anderson's body in the cell, or is this the time? Because that's probably one of my favourite bits in terms of like story reveals. I, I, it would be amazing if the guy, <laughs> if the guy wasn't called Decoy Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you're absolutely right. The fact that that wasn't him, and it was the yeah, you've got like the corpse that's like rotted and it's got this blood drained out, and yeah, you 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 explain it because you know essentially. It's it. So this is one thing that I, I genuinely like. So I had completed this game before, and it must have been back in the PS One days that mm. I did it because I can remember. I've got like vague memories of bits and pieces. I can remember changing discs, for example. So it must have been a PS1 I did it on. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, so it, I, in my memory, Decoy Octopus has bigger parts in the Metal Gear game franchise. You probably do. Whereas, right, the okay. Originals, I don't, I don't know, though. According to this game, he just, you sort of interact with him, don't know it's him. Yeah. Then he dies. <laughs> That's the end of it. But basically, the Anderson you see at the beginning of the game turns out that that is not him. And in fact, the, the Anderson... Is it Anderson? Am I getting that name right? Yes, yeah, right. He had been dead for about three or four days. Yeah. And the decoy octopus is, is some sort of supernatural being that can take on people's forms. So he sucked out Anderson's blood and basically dressed himself up as Anderson. Is that yeah. right? And in the act of sucking up his blood, he took on the nanomachines. That's it. Which then killed him. So the Anderson oh. you see in your cell is actually the real Anderson dead. Um, so yeah, once you've done all that, you've done the rappelling down the side of the building, you emerge onto a snowfield, and you're confronted again by Sniper Wolf. This is where the, the sort of the fight to the death goes down. Mm. Do you have a preference between these two fights? Definitely the first. I certainly. The first you, one, I yeah, I'd say I prefer the first fight, but then the the payoff of the second is oh. is just fantastic. Yeah. So I, I just love that. Um, yeah, this again, it's it's very similar to the first fight, isn't it? It's just yeah. over a bigger area, and it's out in the snow rather than down a single corridor where you can sort of just follow her from left to right. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. They, they've upped the ante in terms of its difficulty. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, again, like yes, he he kills Sniper Wolf, uh, which devastates Otacon, who is in love with her apparently. Mm-hmm. So Snake then continues on to Rex's hangar and is ambushed again by Raven, um, which is another fun fight. Yeah, pretty I used easy. Was you used C four and carted him around in a basically a square around one of the things. Yeah, so essentially, what you end in this game for those that haven't played it, you end up in this like massive freezer. With like what three lanes that that yeah, Raven like in a will go grid, up. isn't it? Yeah, and he essentially hunts you, and your job is to sort of damage him and never fight him head on because he's got this massive minigun. Yeah, he will just yeah, he will rip you to pieces. 
I was reading various guides before I went into this fight, and the fun thing about it is there really is multiple ways to do it. A yeah. lot of people like to use a stinger, so basically you try and come up behind them, shoot them in the back, and run away. Yeah. Um, you said you use mines, is that right? So you I just, just use claymores, and I basically had you, you them at rem- every junction of the storage containers. So he would end up just walking in a straight line and go, "Ow, ow, ow!" as he was blowing them up one by I one. I feel like that would that was a that's that's the way to do it if you can sort of spider web yourself and remember which where the where the claimers are i didn't even seem to have trouble like setting them back off by myself either i I would run near them and they wouldn't go up oh i do not so i the first time i did that boss fight i died because i when you i didn't realize at the time but when you set a claymore it shows you the direction it's facing yeah i set the claymore and then ran over the top of it thinking it oh i won't set it off and died oh that must have been (laughs) i must have been yeah like the opposite side setting it and then moving away backwards yeah Um, whereas I just had loads of C4 so I planted C4 kited him around just pressed the button planted another one pressed the button and then just did it until he was dead you were basically just going Um, round in a circle weren't you yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's great it's a fun boss fight and you spoke about his death scene which you're a big fan of absolutely love it yeah I mean again he gives you a lot of exposition and a key card and help but then decides that you're both warriors and he's going to have a warrior's death of being eaten alive by the crows that he has befriended which is incredibly cool what a crazy yeah. thing to do yeah so it's some way to go um and then when you come back there's just like his body's gone and his gun's just on the ground and there's like a pool all of, of blood all yeah took him off to their little like nests put all his bones in some nests Really, but they're still there to the end of the game, though. That every time you go down that big corridor, the ravens are still yeah, still hanging about. Hanging and on about. the cut the um, cargo elevator or whatever it is, cargo yeah. lift. And um, this is where you learn, you get a bit of an insight into what's actually going on. So you hear about decoy octopus and stuff like that from from this guy. Um, after that, you infiltrate Metal Gear's hangar. Snake overhears Liquid and Ocelot preparing the. Rex launch sequences um, and uses the PAL card or sorry you hear, you overhear Liquid and also preparing the Rex launch sequence and discussing the PAL card and about how they really need to, uh, they needed three cards and they were worried that Snake had all three cards but he doesn't so he wouldn't be able to prevent the launch codes from set on, setting off um, well yeah this is the bit as well isn't it where as you're about to say where he reveals that he's he's been Master Miller the whole time um, yes so it's quite funny that not quite funny, sorry. It's it's really cool that he's like manipulated Snake to do all this stuff, and that's the this is like the single biggest moment of like manipulation of Snake, where they clearly have an open door, loud conversation about how they're gonna they've set off the nukes and they're ready to go and they're ready to launch any minute, even though they both know that they're not because they can see him on the camera, obviously at kind of hanging out outside the door. So they're obviously playing up that they've done all of this so that he'll then actually set the nukes off because they haven't done it um really love that like like i say i love the fact that they did they do this misdirect you think you're doing all of this backtracking and bullshit of getting the key card and changing its form by freezing it and then heating it up which takes a good sort of 20 minutes or so of Mm. going just running and standing around i don't like that part but the payoff of it that you are getting tricked into launching a nuke is or at least arming the nuke is it's great brilliant so good bit of a would you kindly moment right yeah it is um and once you accidentally sort of arm the nuke for them um 
you have a bit of an interaction with Liquid, who, like Alex says, he reveals he's actually been impersonating Snake's advisor, Master Miller, and that Foxhound has used Snake to facilitate Rex's launch. He and Snake are the... He discusses that he and Snake are the product of the Les Enfants Terribles <laughs> project in the 1970s government programme to clone Big Boss. He also reveals that the Snake's... Uh, snake. He also reveals to Snake that the government's true reason for sending him is that Snake is unknowingly carrying a weaponized fox dive virus that causes cardiac arrest in foxhound members on contact, allowing the government to retrieve wrecks undamaged. And cover up all the shady shit they were doing in the first place. As Liquid in wrecks, that's that does make sense, battles Snake, Grey Fox appears, who reveals to Snake that he was deep throat dis- he, and then he destroys Rex's radome, 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 radar dome. I think is what it's yeah, short right, for. I guess it's a radome, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he's crushed to death by Rex. Snake destroys Rex and defeats Liquid. Then Liquid pulls a gun on Snake, but dies from Fox die. And that's it, I guess. Um, uh, well, current- yeah. So I guess we've got two boss fights there, haven't we? Yeah. So I've just bre- I've just blazed over two boss fights there, and then we've got the sort of. The, the tidy up bit at the end. Yeah, um, they were okay. I didn't mind them. I didn't like the fact that if you get to the second stage of the Rex fight and die, it starts you from the first phase again. I thought oh, it does it? Straight up yeah. bullshit. Yeah, that would have sent me over the edge, I think. Um, I, I love the bit where he's like goading you to shoot a stinger missile at him while he's got Grey Fox pinned to the wall. If you I was smashing. Button, I was do- he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't yeah. do it. Stop pressing the fucking button. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, so basically, for those listening, if you haven't done it, um, the first fight. This is like a sort of a three-staged boss battle, yeah. really, over the course of it. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's a, like two boss battles in there. The first stage is you're 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 trying to damage the Metal Gear to the point that he opens up his dinosaur roaring flap of a mouth yeah, so that you can shoot yeah. the in- yeah the inside of him because um Autocon's built in a character flaw in his in his machine um so you do that and then it's the same thing again basically rinse and repeat but instead of shooting the the radome you're trying to shoot him in the mouth and because then once that's you've done where that liquid is just sat taking all these rockets to the face yeah that's when um Two men become real men, have to get topless and have a fight on top of the mech. If at that's the end. what the Yakuza games have taught me anything, that is definitely how it happens. So I'm down yeah. with that. Um, and then it finishes by Liquid apparently dying by falling off the mech. There's even a line um, as you go to begin the fight saying, Snake, if you follow this, even you'll die if you fall off this. And then yeah. Liquid falls off and doesn't die. He does not. But that's so because. Yeah, he is the stronger dominant gene man, isn't he? He is. So yeah, that's I, I kind of blustered over that. That's where he pops up at the end. Going to shoot after you do the whole escaping on the in the back of the four by four. He yeah. appears to shoot you at the end. Yeah, um, he comes along in a Jeep and then you have a crash and as you're both stuck under a Jeep, he comes over like he's gonna shoot you and then Fox dies. Good timing. Perfect, isn't it? What some mm. Deus Ex Machina that is, even though it's not because it's actually in his blood. I guess. Um, during this time, Colonel Campbell is briefly ousted from command by the who was <laughs> it? The 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 um, Secretary for Defence. That's it. Um, right, I'll prick that guy. Yeah, and uh, 
because of the nuclear strike to destroy the evidence of the operation and has snake registered as a kill, as killed in action to stop the US government from searching for him. Naomi Hunter, who injected snake with the fox eye virus, tells him that she has an indeterm she has an he has an indeterminate amount of time before it kills him. Ocelot calls the US president at the end, um sort of a post credit sequence. Mm. Turns out that he was a he was a double agent whose mission was to steal Baker's disc for the Metal Gear specifications. And as Alex said, which I haven't got written down here, but as Alex said, Liquid had the dominant genes, so he was the stronger of the, the two clones. Is that right? Yeah, apparently. But he still lost. Even though he was cursing Snake for being the dominant one this whole time, it turns out it was actually him. And he says during the fight that there was, there were six clones. Yes. And that only two had survived. But it turns out in the post credit sequence there's at least one more that's still alive called Solidus Snake Solidus mm. Snake um, who lives to fight another day teasing a sequel which we do get yeah in Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty I think we looked at it was called is yeah. that right? I'm sure we will touch on that one day one day and I remember being a big fan of it back in the day same yeah I think it's a very cool game fish and mail yeah. and all that yes it, oh yeah, it starts off in the on the big boat and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Big fan of that. I'm not sure we've touched on this yet, but Metal Gear Solid on the PS1 is actually the third Metal Gear Solid game. Um, Kojima had originally planned his third Metal Gear game to come out in 1994 for the 3DO Interactive. Um, Kojima was initially planning Metal Gear Solid while Police Knots was still in development. Conceptual artwork by Yoji Shinka. Shinkawa of of the characters Solid Snake, Metal Silverbutter, who was also a character in the adventure game Police Knots, apparently. Oh. And Foxhound team were included in the Police Police Knots pilot disc preceding the release of the full version of the 3DO game in 1995. After 3DO's discontinued development shifted to the PlayStation after Police Knots was released. Um the game was titled Metal Gear Solid rather than Metal Gear 3 as Kojima felt that the previous MSX2 games that he had worked on were not widely known due to the fact that they were not released in North America and only the first one was released in Europe. or An NES version of the first Metal Gear was released in North America, but Kojima had no involvement with it, nor its sequel Snake's Revenge. Oh, okay. The word huh. solid, which is derived from the codename of series protagonist Solid Snake, as well as the title of the second MSX2 game, has uh, was chosen not only to represent the fact that it was the third entry in the series, but also the transition from 2D to 3D computer graphics. Genius. Smart man. Considering first-person games um, were difficult to control, the team opted, at that time at least, the team opted to give the gameplay a 2D style by having it predominantly played from an overhead angle. Well, the 3D graphics and the ability to switch to first person on the fly to make it feel as though the game were taking place in a real 3D world. This is a really, um, I mean, going back to it now, playing it that way, mm-hmm. it's, it can be quite like disorienting to play what is effectively for most of the time like a top down game. It really is, yeah. But with the option to go fully like first person view is mm. like a really wild like disparity between the two sort of viewpoints that you get of the game that it took me a while to get used to that alongside playing with a d-pad and finding it quite fiddly to move him around and crawl against walls and stuff i and obviously as you said the shooting being 
sort of auto aim but not really and yeah. you can't really see what you're shooting at a lot of the time if it's off the screen it's it takes some getting used to the, um in the modern era that's for sure i did notice that it does that metal uh, that resident evil thing where solid snake can clearly see what's going yeah. on ahead of him but you've got the player go, have absolutely no idea so you have him walking into these situations that you just wouldn't in real life yeah um Development for Metal Gear Solid began in mid-1995. Developers aimed for accuracy and realism while making the game enjoyable and tense. I think they probably achieved that for the most part. In the early stages of development, the Huntington Beach SWAT team educated the creators with a demonstration of vehicles and weapons and explosives that they used. Um, Weapons expert Moto Sadamori was also tapped as a technical advisor in research which included visits to Fort Irwin and firing sessions at Stembridge Gun Rentals. Basically, they went around shooting guns. Yeah. Um, Kojima stated that if the player isn't tricked into believing that the world is real, then there's no point in making the game. To fulfill this, adjustments were made to every detail, such as individually designed desks. Yeah, I guess that makes sense with your chat about having different stuff on Otacon's desk and stuff like that. yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, Yoji Shinkawa earlier. Obviously, his artwork is another real part of the iconic legacy of Metal Gear Solid, isn't it? With the like, I don't even know how you describe them. They're kind of like abstract, sort of. It's really hard to come. Was like the 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 box art of the original Metal Gear. I mean, you can sort of see that it's Solid Snake, but yeah. at the same time, it is kind of like I don't know, vague and. It's just this weird sort of silver, like double line, blurry kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But I really do like it. Yeah, I really like it as well. I think it's an awesome box box art. Apparently, Solid Snake's physique was based on Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, so is mine. <laughs> well, his, well, his facial appearance was based on Christopher Walken. So you had Jean Claude Van Damme's body with Christopher Walken's head, oh. with no eyes plopped right on top. Of course. Apparently, to date, Metal Gear Solid has sold more than 7 million copies worldwide and shipped tw- it shipped 12 million demos upon release. So that's quite a conversion wow. rate, actually. Yeah. 12 million demos shipped, 7 million copies sold. I, do- I don't think they could have hoped for better than that. Um, and it's sitting with a Metacritic of 94 out of 100. I think that's probably a fairly right yeah. score I would say I'm quite happy with. it's one of these games that I think I'm quite happy with a 94 I think I can see why it's got that and would be quite happy for it to have that do you know what the GameCube version has I'm just looking it up actually as you uh, you asked that I like I obviously cannot say because I haven't played it but I I'm going to when when I when we finish here tonight I'm going to go and look up though that Psycho Mantis scene on the GameCube yeah. because that sounds fantastic and I actually That's... don't think a lot of the decisions that you've spoken about, for me, at least having told me verbally, I don't really see that that detracts from the game overly. Yeah, it's got it's got an eighty five. Um, so I, as I mentioned earlier, was this was described to me as like the Mickey Mouse version or whatever mm-hmm. of the game that people don't seem to like. And the key, I, I looked it up. There's like a, on the Metal Gear Solid Reddit. There's like a, a whole thread of like why do people hate this version so much. The general consensus seems to be things like the tone is mentioned over and over and over again. They think that the music is nowhere near as good in the remake, which I agree with. The The voice acting, I don't think, is as good this second time around, certainly for the people who were 
revoicing the characters again didn't seem to have the same sense of like urgency uh some people don't even like the graphics which i don't agree with i think it actually looks really no, good even now it's, from what i saw of you playing i thought it looked quite good yeah but mostly it's it's that people don't like well they don't like the cutscenes. um they reckon that solid snake was grounded in the original but in the which is which is fair to say that he is grounded compared to how he is in the in the remake where he is just ludicrous do backflips and 360 no scopes and all this kind of shit like he is full on action movie matrix neo hero whereas in the yeah. original he was sort of more like yeah getting by on the seat of his pants almost sometimes um and i think another thing is people don't like the fact that they added in the metal gear solid 2 control schemes for things like first person aiming because it makes the game too easy the game is a lot easier on the gamecube okay um, yeah that's fair because I, I don't think the game's that difficult to begin with no uh, well yeah i do obviously <laughs> oh yeah you i think that's yeah that's, a, that's an odd one that you struggled with that maybe like, it's just stealth yeah, yeah. Uh, well also as well like um you know, like the bit where you're in the in the lift with all the invisible guys. Um, in the original game, I, I found them like they were just whooping my ass because I was trying to use like stun grenades and then trying to just sort of like get them lined up to shoot them. And then I found that they had like loads of health and kept getting up. In the remake, I threw one stun grenade. They kind of all fell down. I chucked a grenade at them and it killed all three of them in one go or four of them in one shot. Oh, and that was it. And I was like, oh, okay, done. Do you think that was done deliberately because I get did do you think it's possible the developers made a for right rightly or wrongly a decision that as it was going on to a Nintendo console it yeah. may have skewed younger? Probably. I would say that, that yes, it was supposed to be. Well I, I I guess, yeah, people seem to think that the the switch and I agree the switch to the like additional mechanics of Metal Gear 2. Like you also get like a jumping roll that you can do as well by pressing the crouch button while running, you like jumps and rolls forward so that's quite easy to like Ooh. escape cameras and things like yeah. that um having the first person aiming absolutely um make it easier because you can stand at the far end of a room and just point the laser pointer at a dude and shoot him in the head once i had the socom pistol oh, plus yeah, you get the m9 tranquilizer which you you may get in the original i don't think you do i found it i didn't get that that's something i remember from metal gear 2 yeah so i think they added that gun in for the for the point of you know for the for one to make it again make it easier mm-hmm. um although it does actually say here i just looked at the wikipedia it says um cut scenes were actually developed in-house at konami and directed by japanese film director ryuhei kitamura reflecting his dynamic signature style utilizing bullet time photography and choreographed gunplay so maybe kojima didn't have as much to do with that as i thought um change Changing the English voice acting was the reduction of Mei Ling's, Naomi's, and Natasha's accents, as well as the recasting of Grey Fox. He's the only one who got mm. recast. Although Greg Eagles was no longer Grey Fox, but he still did the DARPA chief. But yeah, I forgot about Nata- sorry, Nastasha's uh, accent. She's kind of like Russian, isn't she, in the, that game? They just tone all of them down to be basically American. Hmm. But if you've never played either of the games, there's probably nothing 
to stop you trying Twin Snakes as your first version. And then yeah. you can do what I did and go back and play the original subsequently and be like, oh, actually, yeah, I can kind of see why people prefer this. And certainly it has a better atmosphere about it and the music's better and all that. It's, you can kind of see why it was still iconic even then. Of course. Um, but there are just a few quality of life things. For ex- another example, the Nikita Rockets, they're first person. So you're... Oh, are they? When you're doing the remote-controlled rockets, you're actually just seeing forwards in front of you. So much easier. Hmm. So much easier. Very interesting. Yeah, but I think it's a really good game. But I think they're both amazing. Yeah, really, really good. I I thought this would be another one, much like I was expecting from OG Resident Evil, it would be a game that I sort of appreciated retrospectively. Mm. But nah, it's still a good game. Still Mm. really, really good fun, and I had an awesome time playing it. Same. Do you want to tell the the millions of listeners at home what we're going to be playing next, Alex? Well, everybody, uh, due to its, uh, what is it, 20 20 years? Yeah, 20-year anniversary, we are celebrating the best GTA game not made by Rockstar for the video audience. Here it is. It is Simpsons Hit and Run! Did I see a Sierra badge in the bottom of there? Yes, Just know you them did. from like they made a mech game that I played when I was a kid. I can't remember what it was called. Incredible box art on that game. Absolutely I've never played well. this. I don't think I've even picked up a controller and wiggled it while this game was loaded in. So very interested to see if you hate this. If you if, if David hates this, it may not come up. It's just a reason for me to quote <laughs> Simpsons for like two hours next time around. <laughs> so it could end up being worst episode ever. But we'll find out. We will. Um, And that brings us to the end of another When It Was You podcast. If you liked what you heard, and even if you didn't, why not give our numbers a bump by subscribing to us on your podcast feed of choice? Or if you prefer to imbibe your podcast in a visual format, you can head over to YouTube and search for A Winner's You podcast where you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. If the podcast isn't enough for your bi-weekly, bi-weekly, it's now weekly, to be fair, dose of A Winner's You chattery, you can follow us on Twitter slash X at Winner Is You Pod, or you can send us an email to tell us how wrong we are about our opinions by writing to your winner is you pod at gmail.com. Alex and I also have Twitter at David Smiley One and at Super Thrillix, respectively. I also keep forgetting that we've got TikTok as well, and you can find that under A Winner Is You Pod over on TikTok, obviously. Any housekeeping, Alex, or are we getting on out of here? Let's get on out of here, buddy boy. And on that bombshell, I've been David, he's been Alex, and we have been A Winner Is You, and I'm out. Keep gaming. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.